Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and buckle your seatbelts. It's time for your weekly ride-along with the Bikes on Bikes. This is Drive-By. Welcome, welcome. I'm Mike J. He's Mike Guess. We are the Mikes on Mikes, and this is the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. How the hell is it going, Mike? Tell you what, it's going great, because right before you called, uh, I, had, uh, I, this I had some delicious Mott's applesauce. There you go. If you feel like a lovely snack, get you some Mott's applesauce. Plain, sugar-free, cinnamon, pear, peach. There's all kinds of flavors. Whatever sauce tickles your fancy, Mott's has got you covered. Mott's applesauce. Just like you had as a kid. Now that we got that out of the way, and we've paid the bills, (laughs) I'm doing pretty good. Well, we're laying the foundation for paying the bills. Well, you know what, uh, I, I, I don't know if you got a chance this week to listen to the brand new Corey Grace podcast or not, but I do want to get this out of the way, Bone to Pick, been doing this show for how long, and right off the bat, Corey Graves does the same, same open as I do, plus one welcome. He does three welcomes in a row. That asshole stole my gimmick. Oh. Really? Three welcomes. Man, yeah. that, is, yeah. that is superior yeah. to your now, two. It is superior to my two. Uh, now, if I Numbers change, don't lie. Stealing. Yeah. And yeah, four is just excessive. Know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. There's really no way to beat him on this one. I heard it, and I was like, you son of a bitch. Not only are you doing a WWE podcast and making way more money than either of us, uh, you stole my gimmick. Speak for yourself, Corey bro. You don't craze. you don't know what I got going on outside of this. I mean, I got, with this. I got side Oh, with this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If anybody that has a podcast and you make any amount of money at all, I don't care how negligible or unimpactful to your yearly bottom line that m- amount of money may be, you make more money than us doing this. <laughs> yep. I'll be honest. I'll be honest fact. with you. This show actually costs me fucking money. Because, like, right now, I'm <laughs> sitting in my car with the motherfucker just running. Yep. yep so, like, like gas, yeah, man. man. So, honestly, you see what I do for you people? I fucking love you and hate you all so much at the same time. It's like a real weird relationship. <laughs> it's like how I feel about, like, my biological dad... <laughs> is real weird. Anyway, yeah, uh, it's a I joke, agree. people. You can fucking laugh. <laughs> it's okay. It's not like this is gonna hurt his feelings. He doesn't listen to this show. He's fucking dead. He can't listen to this show. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, I was waiting for you to throw that in there. Okay. Oh, uh, man. It, 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 honestly, no one that even would have been offended by that listens to this show because my grandparents think that everything I do is stupid and immature. Well. <laughs> and they're the only people that would get offended by deadbeat dad jokes. 
Which sucks, because it's like half my shtick. Well, no. It, it, it has a place here and always will. How about that? I'll never get famous for it. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, wrestling, man. Uh, we're going to change things up just a little bit in the first part of the show, Mike. We're still gonna we're still gonna do our uh, Wednesday night war compare contrast. Probably find things to pick apart on AEW, but for this first segment, instead of just kind of recapping, I want to expand on a few key topics from the week, including both WWE and AEW. So, are you ready to kind of? I don't want to say rapid fire because we can spend a little more time than. We usually do when we do rapid-fire statements, but are you ready to kind of take a look at some of these glaring things from the week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't think about it too much, Mike. You might uh, change your mind. All right. SmackDown Live was on Fox Sports 1 this past week. Brian Alvarez, his head exploded. And he probably pooped a happy fart when he got to tweet out the fact that SmackDown Live on Fox Sports 1 only did 888,000 views, I want to say, I guess. But, you know, for the Nielsen's, for the ratings, under a million, under AEW Dynamite. Is this a big deal to you, Mike? Um... A little. I mean, ratings don't mean anything, by and large. It was on FSF1, which is not a channel a lot of people get. And if you do get it, here's this crazy thing. I get FS1, and I'm a sports fan, but I don't even know what fucking channel FS1 is. Man, I never watched this 100% same. I never watched this fucking channel. So, like, I'm not, like... Honest to God, like, my DVR is, like, it It automatically records shows, like, if they switch channels, so I don't have to worry about it. Mine doesn't. It gets you that YouTube TV, bro. So, <laughs> I don't. It's, that's, like, the one cool thing it does. It's fucking terrible. So, <laughs> um, so I didn't have to, like, seek it out. But I promise you that if it was still DirecTV that I was on, and I had to seek it out, we'd be sitting here like today with me going like, yeah, so uh, definitely forgot to record SmackDown. Right, right. Now, I was, I don't want to say lucky enough, I just happened to realize, oh crap, I better set this. Because actually, to be fair, I usually, or recently, I've been able to watch SmackDown live on Fridays. Uh, I had something going on this Friday. Knew that I'd have to watch it, you know, like at 10.30, 11 o'clock. So I better make sure this is taping. And realize, ah, it's not on Fox. That is right. So I, again, sports fan, watch sports, realize, knew that the channel would be right around the ESPN location, but had no idea what the actual channel number was. And, you know, I found it, no problem. But I think the point we're both trying to make is, nobody watches Fox Sports 1. 
They don't even put their main sports on Fox Sports 1. They don't put college, like, they don't put big college games on there. They don't put the World Series on there. They don't put NFL games on there. So, you know, I, I, I luckily, while I was at it, set a series recording for WWE backstage, so I have that. But, I, I mean, is it a big deal? I look at this two ways, Mike. The one way I looked at it was, yeah, it's a big deal because... The four, wait, one, two, the three out of the four main wrestling programs this past week all had low viewership or lower viewership than previous weeks. So to me, yeah, that's a big deal and not a good one for anybody involved. But I also looked at it realistically. I tried to find out, couldn't really get solid numbers on it, but... I think from the research that I kind of gathered, man, almost 900,000 views on a Fox Sports 1 show is, like, almost groundbreaking for them. Which, uh... So... Which... <laughs> never mind. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just... I try... I know what you're trying to say. Uh, they, they've had... They've had a couple... Uh, they have had a couple bigger baseball games on that channel that did really well, um, or maybe even replays that did decent. But for the most part, regular programming on Fox Sports 1, you know, you're talking like two, three, four hundred thousand, you know what I mean? So if we're doubling that. We're talking like non UFC MMA. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean. Doing pretty good. It, you hate to see a drop, but again, man, they're four weeks into a Fox run, and they're moved on the fourth week. So uh, what do you expect? And you're against the World Series in a pivotal game. Like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to put the nail in the SmackDown on Fox coffin just yet. We'll see what happens, you know, or what has happened by the time you hear this. Uh, it'll be close to seeing what the ratings is. Ratings are for this edition, post-Crown Jewel edition of SmackDown on Fox. So we'll just have to wait and see. I think it's going to bounce back very strong. I think we'll be back around that 2, 2.5, 2.8 million view uh, are, are section. We trying to are we trying to talk about Crown Jewel tomorrow night? Um, yeah, we'll discuss that off air. We will discuss that off air. Uh... <laughs> It's 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 going to be an interesting uh, next forty twenty four to forty eight hours for me. I know. Um, let's move on. Speaking of Crown Jewel, that's like so unmanageable for me. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. We'll 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 figure it out, Mike. Like I said, we will figure it out. Speaking of Crown Jewel, I tell you what, man, I will read spoilers for it. Yeah, and I'll, I'll come prepared with that. That's that. That is totally fair. I'll keep totally up with fair. the group chat about it. <laughs> you think our you think our group will be chatting about it? I, I actually do. I think they will. <laughs> yeah, I do. Also. <laughs> okay. Uh, so groundbreaking, historical, however you want to look at it, propaganda maybe, but. First ever women's wrestling match in Saudi Arabia will take place at Crown Jewel. As you listen to this, it's already happened. Hopefully it went well. But 
WWE is presenting Natalia versus Lacey Evans at Crown Jewel. And, like any news that is wrestling and from WWE, that was immediately shit upon by the IWC. Why? Because let's not praise uh, a groundbreaking move. Let's just ask why we couldn't find better participants. Right, Mike? Well, I mean, really, though. It's like, like, they couldn't have got anybody better for this match. But no, it makes sure sense they to could me. Have. No, it sure. makes sense to me because, um, this is a glorified house show. Uh-huh, thank so you. So, why would you not have a house show match on it? And, and here, here's the, here's the honest to God truth, Mike. This is, regardless of how you want to look at it, you know, I had someone say to me, it's all propaganda anyway, and it's not a lie, but, Here's the thing. In this quote-unquote historical, like, announcement in this pivotal match for this regime, for this country, for everything that they want to try to make it into, WWE still is kind of in a losing situation with the American fans because, one, they're never happy with anything. Two, you have a large segment of fans that are like, I'm not watching that Blood Money show anyway. I'm going to cancel my network and everything else. But those same fans are the ones that are like, oh, well, why couldn't they give us, like, a better match? What well, doesn't matter because you weren't going to watch anyway, right? Well, that's so, what I'm at. Like, I'm not going to watch. You know, I, I've never watched one of these things. I'm not. You... I'm not going to start now. Um, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like that where I'm like, oh, why don't you give us a better match? But, like, I, I'm not going to watch. Um... And, uh, so, like, secondly, the match, obviously, should be Becky versus Charlotte, right? Um. Yeah, probably. Becky versus Charlotte, Becky versus Bailey. If I'm Becky, if I'm any of the four horsewomen, I'm like, uh, yeah, there's no fucking way I'm stepping foot in that country. (laughs) Well, you know, if you recall... When it was thought it might happen last time, it was Natalia and Alexa. So it seems as though they want to at least give this to Natalia, and I'm totally fine with that. Um, she's good you know, hand. Yeah, she's a good hand. She's been with that company forever. She's solid, if unspectacular. Yeah. So I mean, and, and like I said, the bottom line is everyone would bitch that didn't want to watch this if it was a match they wanted to see. You know what I mean? So, oh, that's great. I want to watch that match, but it's on the Blood Money show, so I can't watch. Like, I'm so sick of hearing this thing called Blood Money, Mike. Like, listen, everybody, listen up. Every country does shitty things. Do you think that America doesn't have people murdered? Because ask Jeff Epstein. I think he would uh challenge that. Oh, wait, you can't. He's fucking dead, okay? Like... Our country does just as much shady shit. We're just better at it and don't get caught, right? Oh, yeah, we're great at it. We're right. outstanding. Like, it's like top two in the world at doing shady shit. And, you know, do we treat our women better? Uh, yeah, a whole hell of a lot better. Do, do we treat anybody the way that Saudi Arabia treats women? No, I wouldn't say that we're even close to that. But we're not perfect, you know? There, there could definitely be outside entities 
that would come in or have a choice of coming into America to do business, to do this, to do that, that could be like, ah, they're a president I don't really agree with. We don't want to do business there. So, you know, our hands aren't clean. And I guarantee you most of these people that are saying they don't want to watch because of blood money are walking around with some sort of product on their pocket, on their person, in their car, I don't know, gasoline, that they give money to that goes to Saudi Arabia. You know, you're, you're, the savior's over there in AEW, Shad Khan, he does business with Saudi Arabia, and recently was on a, I don't know if it was Fox, it was some business channel, talking about the whole basketball and China and all this, that, and the other, and specifically said, when you're doing business in another country, you need to respect the norms of that country. Crazy thought, isn't it, Mike? It's a little interesting to think that you should probably do things the way that country does things. But hey, whatever. Yeah, you know, you know. And, you know, I don't fault that man for doing business with Saudi Arabia. Because when you're a business, you have to make money every single chance you get. That's how you become a successful business person. Which is exactly what Mr. McMahon is doing. Do I think that he's super thrilled with the idea that all this shit, like, it's funny, Saudi Arabia was pretty quiet in the news, other than trying to quote-unquote be progressive and change, right up until we inked this deal and started going to that country, right? <laughs> I mean, it so, is pretty cool that a woman's match is happening. Let's not, like, gloss I, over that while we discuss yeah. this. Like, it's pretty fucking sweet, and, like, my first initial thought upon seeing that this match was happening was like, you know, man, like, say what, like, I had just earlier before seeing that announcement say, I saw a comment, man, like, I'll be honest, like, I was thinking earlier while you were talking about, like, the comments you've seen in the IWC, I was like, man, I'm so fucking glad I stepped away from, like, comment sections on the internet. But I yeah. was in one today, I don't even know why. But I was there, and this dude had a comment where he was just like, WWE does nothing for the sport of wrestling, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, later I saw that this match was happening, and I was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. They don't do anything <laughs> for the sport of wrestling. Yeah, absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I, I'll wrap it up with this. Uh, I saw on Twitter the perfect example uh, my buddy Steven, awesome fanatic, he said, this is a perfect example, and I'm going to paraphrase it, make it a little more understandable for some people, but he said, this is a perfect example of someone's dying of thirst. They're begging you for water. You give them water, and they complain about the brand of water you give them. Yeah. And that's exactly... How it seems every single thing that WWE, it sounded like Kurt Angle there, that WWE does in this current state, in this current era, in this quote-unquote boom period, it's the scrutiny that they face, and they're just always in a constant lose-lose situation, which I seem to find odd, but it is what it is. Um, let's 
slide over a little bit into the AEW realm, Mike. This week, AEW announced that the title match between Cody Rose and Chris Jericho at Full Gear on November 9th will have a certain stipulation. And this stipulation is it'll have a 60-minute time limit, and there will be a panel of three esteemed judges that will decide the match if it goes past the 60-minute limit. How do you feel about this before we even go any further? How do you feel about this announcement? How do you feel about this stipulation? Arn Anderson's going to be one of these three dudes, right? I... Maybe. Like, 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 I, I have no doubt in my mind, no doubt in my mind, that Arn Anderson is going to be one of these three people. Uh, so with that said, I actually really like this idea, except for the fact that you've basically been like, this match will not be, like, you've told me how this match is going to end. Right? Well... Yeah, that that uh, that's kind of part of my take on this. That's that's my big problem with it. Um, I I love the idea of it itself. Um, if it wasn't this match, I like this is something you save like a sixty-minute panel of judges by decision, this is a Kenny Omega match, right? This is something you save for the best performer on your roster. A guy that you already know is capable of giving you a a phenomenal 60-minute match with anyone you put him in the fucking ring with. But instead, it's Cody and Chris Jericho, and while I feel that Omega and Chris Jericho could have a a beautiful 60-minute match together, I don't think that Cody and Chris Jericho have, and granted, I've never seen him wrestle, but look, man, Cody's not one of those people that could have a great match with anybody. Cody, I don't fucking love Cody Rhodes, but in ring, Cody Rhodes is, he's an above average worker. Yeah. Depending on who he's in there with. You give him yeah. a great partner and he'll give you some good shit, but like, you're only getting a four star match out of him at best. He's not, he's not an Omega level worker. Yeah, he's well, he's a character, a, man. He's not a Rollins he's a character. level worker. He's, he's not, yeah. Dude, it's, it's Moxley, man. Moxley's not like on that level as a worker, man. He's a character worker. He's a total mm-hmm. package type of character, you know, man. He's like, he's a hell of a character and a good in ring hand. Like, you know, everybody has their own niche, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah so I'm not, like, yeah. putting down his ring work. Like, he's fucking clearly good. He's just not the type of person I feel like that this is who you want to have this match. And I also specifically feel like this is, like, like, I guess, like, so... What the fuck are you gonna do when it's time for Jericho to lose this match? Like, where are you gonna have, like, the match from, uh, Ready to Rumble? Is it gonna be the six-tiered cage or what? Like, you're just up in the ante, like, every month, man. And that's, 
not sustainable. And then, like, uh, with that said, so this is, like, this is a one-off match, and then you're on to the next shit. Or, this is the start of a feud, and, um, uh, so this is the, start feud. this is the first match of the feud, and here's another yeah. thing, here's another thing, why are there no fucking feuds on AEW that have lasted longer than a week? Because they're just matches for matches, I've been saying this. I've been I literally this. just thought of that while I was like, this is a weird time to start a feud, and then I was like, what is this like, uh... This is like the only feud these guys have. Well, here here's the thing. Let me kind of break how I'm break down how I'm seeing this. Like, I don't love it. Only let me how do I want to phrase this. I think the stipulation is fine in general. Like the idea of it. I don't love that this is going on now because kind of like you just touched on. Like this is their first match. Like if we were like at match three or four or even two, and there was some reason that this was needed then fine but right now there's no reason for this you know there's no indication that these guys would go 60 minutes uh, and it just seems like if this was the standard for title matches i'm all for it you know what i mean like if it's just like okay look all our title matches have three du- judges assigned to it and there are 60 minute time limit That'd okay cool fucking brilliant i would love that because the thing is, you would only have to use that every once in a while, right? So, and you could still work in other stipulations, like, there's no DQ in this title match, and it's 60 minutes with three judges. You know what I mean? Because it's a title match. So that's fine. But they're not, they, it doesn't seem that they're doing that. Now, we'll talk Dynamite tomorrow, and neither one of us have yet got a chance to watch it, so... I'm assuming that the tag championship match didn't have a 60-minute time limit and three judges. You see where I'm going with this? Like, if it's an established thing, I'm totally for it. But just to throw it on this match to throw it on doesn't make sense. And this is where they painted themselves in a corner here, Mike, because if they put this stipulation in and they use it, meaning they have a 60-minute match and they have to go down to the three judges, well, then you just telegraph the entire ending of the match. If they don't use it, then it's like, okay, what was the point of this in the first place? So now you're in a lose-lose situation like you're booking in the WWE. If this stipulation was the stipulation for the IWGP heavyweight title at Wrestle Kingdom, Mm -hmm. and it was like Okada and Naito or who the fuck ever, doesn't even matter, Um, I'd be like, right on, what a great fucking idea. A match. If the stipulation, if this was a stipulation for Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns at like SummerSlam, I'd be like, fuck yeah, this is brilliant. If this was the stipulation for Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho at All Out. I'd be like, fuck yeah, this is brilliant. But, uh, for this to be the stipulation for random November pay-per-view. First feud. First first match. match in the feud. Second title defense. It's, uh... 
it's a bit much. <laughs> yeah, I, and like I said, I, I think they pay themselves in a corner here. I would like to hear that this is just a stiff going forward for at least heavyweight title matches, whatever. I'm cool with that, and I'll, I'll believe that. I'll swallow that. I'll take that. But if it's just for this match, just because, then I just don't understand it at all. Because these guys haven't really touched. They haven't touched in a ring at all. Uh, so it, it just it just leaves me with more questions than answers or reasons for it. Um, staying in the AEW realm, I posted a picture on on All Hallows Eve Eve, which was Wednesday when Dynamite was getting ready to air, of Tony Khan dressed as Orange Cassidy, standing with Orange, with Orange Cassidy. And I, 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 I kind of posed the question, or maybe more a statement, that if Vince McMahon cosplayed as Roman Reigns with Roman Reigns, uh, the internet would melt in the bad way. And you, I guess, kind of took issue with it, where I wasn't saying, I didn't have a problem with it. Right, let me get that out there. I didn't have a problem. I don't care. It's what it is. Uh, I was just making a point to kind of further the whole, you know, hypocrisy thing we talked about last week, Mike. But you said you wanted to discuss this, so let's discuss it. I think... <laughs> Look, man, I think that this... I don't think anyone would have a problem with it. Because it's Halloween, man. It's Halloween. So you're telling me. Let me, let me, let me... All the stuff that we've talked about, especially in the recent weeks with this, the two separate... Uh, hardcore fan bases that nobody from the hardcore AEW side would have a problem with seeing Vince McMahon standing with Roman Reigns dressed in a Roman vest with his hair wet and his uh, fist cocked like he was going to punch somebody with a Superman. No, I don't think they'd have a problem with it. I think that they would make fun of it to a high degree. Kind of the same thing. No, it's not. Having a problem with something and making fun of something are not the same at all. They're, they're totally different. Having a problem with something is like getting a someone something gives you a visceral reaction, and I don't think anyone would have a visceral oh, reaction it, to that picture. People would definitely I think, have a visceral reaction. I think to that the reaction to say. that would be like, I don't know. I think it would be more like like a way to make fun of Vince McMahon. I don't think it's gonna be like I don't think anyone's gonna have a problem with it. At no, all. here's what they'd say because here let me make the comparison because we we'll, we will never see that because Vince will never do that. But here's the thing, and that's where I think it would come. from. Vince would never do something like that. So I think if he did something like that, that's what would get the reaction more than anything would be seeing him like that. It doesn't have anything to do with him being dressed like Roman or anything like that. I think it would be. Simply, what got the reaction would be the fact that Vince allowed himself to be seen in this light. People weren't used to that, and that would cause an even bigger reaction, I think. See, I, 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 I disagree with you on that it wouldn't cause a dislike or a visceral reaction, because I, I can already, like, I can play this scenario out in my head, Mike, because I'm sure that when... Most AEW hardcore fans saw that picture of Tony Khan. They thought, probably, kind of what we're talking about. Well, you'd never see Vince do this because he's an old man and he doesn't care and he doesn't relate and he wouldn't think it's cool and blah, blah, blah. But Tony Khan, he's young, he's hip, he's into it. He's a mark just like me. Look at him having fun, living his best life. 
on the flip side, if Vince did do this, those same people would say, look at that old man trying to be hip, trying to be relevant. What a loser. I just think, I think you're giving way too much credit to think that this I would get I think there would be a small segment of people that do that because it's wrestling and there's always a small segment of people that do that. But yeah. I don't think it would be the reaction that you think, man. And, like, I the reason know. I want to talk about it is because I think this just goes hand-in-hand hand with last week. Where, mm-hmm. like, look, man, I think you got your hate blinders on. Like, like a few months ago, you had, to, you had to say this to me. Like, hey, man, I think you got your hate blinders on. And this is two oh, weeks in a wait, row now. Where I feel like you've kind of... And I, here's my thing. Your problem isn't even with AEW. I, but didn't I just say I don't have a problem with this? No, I don't. I'm not saying that. Like, let me finish. Your problem's not even with AEW. Your problem is with their fans. Oh, no, you're 100% right. I'm not going to disagree and it's on, like, on that on anything. And it's like... I you, hate their fucking fans. Like, you hate, I hate them, them so much. They are un-fucking-bearable. Like, don't you agree they're a bit unbearable? Oh, yeah, yeah. They're fucking... They're okay. the worst. But, okay. like... okay. Like, you have, like, full-blown taken this to, like, a next-level thing, man. Where, like... Their I, fans are so annoying to me, Mike, that it's borderline... Like, it's... Their fans are so bad that it almost makes me not want to, like, root for the company. That's no, how much I it's dislike clearly, their fans. it's clearly making you not root for the company. Well, if I didn't wasn't rooting for them, I wouldn't watch it at all. You know what I mean? But, like... It makes it hard for me. It actually makes it hard for me to enjoy it sometimes. So I will give you that. You're right. But I'm just pointing out where there would be certain definite hypocrisy with the situations, which we would never see because, like I said, Vince would never do that anyway. And I would be shocked if he did. And if he did, I would think it was awesome and laugh at it, just like probably most of the hardcore AEW fans are enjoying and laughing, and most of the casuals are too. It's cool. Whatever. I'm just trying to put out the picture of hypocrisy that has been painted almost since day one of this company's existence when it was just a t-shirt company. I Okay, here's where That's I That's a joke, say, people. It was never just I, a t-shirt company. Don't fucking get all I will panties. Say, it was a t-shirt company. It, it was, kind of. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Until you have a match, you're a t-shirt company. Um, okay, fair. Uh, I will say that I... Th- do think that if this was just done like if it's just like dressed like Roman not on Halloween, it would <laughs> it would probably weird. get the reaction that you think. But mm-hmm. I think that I think the key is Halloween. Like okay. if there was a costume party, right? Mm-hmm. And Vince went as Roman Reigns. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would get the reaction that you okay. think. But We're I gonna feel agree like, to disagree I on feel this like Halloween gets him a pass. I don't think anything gets that man a pass at this point, especially with that fan base. Let's the, the main thing I wanted to talk about right here, so we need to get into it so we can wrap this segment up. I asked you, before I gave you any topics for today, to think. And give me your idea, and I'll give you my idea. They might even be the same, because we didn't talk about this. I said, I want you to think about how to save Seth Rollins. And for the audience, what I simply mean by that is this. Seth is 
not doing well in the eye of the fans. I think there's a reason for it, which I will go into on my my side of this. Uh, but he's just, he's not. He, he's unpopular. He's the champion everyone, everybody wanted until they got him, which is kind of how it's been for everyone on that, cha- on that channel, on those shows. But I, I, as, as you and I both have watched this product, watched this form of entertainment for 30 plus years, I want your idea on how to save and rehabilitate the image, the character, the worker that is Seth Rollins. All right, you go first. You want me to go first? Okay. Yeah, go first. I would do it. I would probably do it as soon as Crown Jewel, since this is happening uh, Thursday. You already know if anything close to this happened by the time you hear this. And I don't think that it will. But, you know that game we play, Mike, at the end of this show sometimes that you try to make me very uncomfortable with? Oh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, you're going to do that minus the Mary part. You're going to fucking kill Seth Rollins. So what you're going to do is you're going to have him... You don't even have to necessarily have The Fiend win the title. I'll explain this here. Uh, But you fuck Seth over some way, shape, or form, and then you have The Fiend literally kill him. And I don't mean, like, murder him in the ring. But kill Seth Rollins, kill the idea of Seth Rollins, kill the current push of Seth Rollins. So whether it's... Something I mentioned before where we, we quote unquote teleport out, maybe show up in the funhouse and, you know, the fiend is in the funhouse instead of funhouse Bray and takes care of Seth and Seth just is off of WWE TV for at least two months. That's how you fix Seth Rollins. This dude is so, at this point, overexposed, Mike. This guy's been a champion in some way, shape, or form, a major champion since WrestleMania 31, right? Well, yeah, that's a good point. So, this is no... You can say it's a fault of his because of some of the things he said. I don't have a problem with anything he said ever on social media, his promos, nothing. And I know that people are picking all that shit apart right now. Seth is still one of the best in the ring in the world right now, hands down. People are just fucking tired of him, man. I'm not... But I'm just saying the general consensus. And I think the big part of it is he's super overexposed right now. So you let the Fiend get over on him. That doesn't mean you have to give the title to him. Like I said, you can do some supernatural thing. Seth is gone, and guess what? You just have to vacate that title. You don't want to give it to Bray? You give Bray the moral victory in this match, or maybe you stretch the Survivor Series so more people see it. Hell, you can do it on a Raw. I don't give a shit. But you kill the character of Seth Rollins, you take him off TV, you leave him sit at home. I, I, I'd sit him at home till the Rumble, and quite honestly, if it was me. Give him some time off, pay him like he's on the road, and just let this dude's character disappear. And you want to bring him back? Bring him back in the Rumble, and depending on how the crowd reacts... That's where you decide if he goes heel or face. You know what I mean? And he doesn't have to win that rumble to to, to come back and come back strong. <coughs> come back strong, excuse me. But I think there's a lot of options you can do with that. I simply think just taking this dude off of TV and letting him take 
even like I said, if it's a moral L to the fiend, is going to do what would do wonders for Seth and his character. I like that. I like that a lot. I was going to ask you, like, well, like, how do we just write him off the ship? But it doesn't matter to us. Like, well, um, here's how I would do it, Mike. Like, kind of, I would, I would like, like I said, even at Crown Jewel, I would have something pre-recorded for this. Falls, remember, this is a Falls Count Anywhere match. I would have something pre-recorded where they end up in the back of the stadium, wherever they are. There's this weird door that the Fiend opens and throws Seth into, and then this door disappears. They have the technology to do that if they pre-tape it. And they're in the funhouse, man. And (laughs) the Fiend beats the shit out of Seth Rollins. And then the funhouse just collapses on itself. Like, we could do something fun like that. And then we could see The Fiend and the funhouse and Bray Wyatt and all of that shit again on SmackDown when Miz does an interview with him. And he can explain that Seth is gone. Seth is gone. And then you could even bring, when he does come back, he could come back with a different look, a different attitude, and it can still play into this even if we separate these two guys. There's a lot of things you could do. You just have to use pro wrestling, man. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, that's fair. I like that idea. Uh, my idea is just to turn him heel. And I would do it dead ass in the middle of the title run, just like they did with CM Punk. Just mm-hmm. fucking turn him heel, just like tomorrow. Next week. Well, like, they, they, if, look, they could totally do it at Crown Jewel. If he does something to get a pin on the Fiend in a, you know, clearly heelish way, which is also a possibility, and they just run with it, then it worked too, right? Yes. Just turn him heel. Just, like, like yeah. turn him heel right now. People are already kind of tired of him and annoyed with him. Just fucking mm-hmm. run with it. Don't make the Roman mistake twice. Just turn him heel and just run with it. Like, it literally well, took, I mean, it literally took Roman cancer, like, beating cancer yeah. to, like, to yeah. do what a, teal, a heel turn would have just done, like, three years ago. And it, it it begs a bigger question, Mike. And I know we've mentioned this on this show in recent times, but, man, I, I'm, I'm really curious to see how shit goes with AEW as it's on television for, I mean, it might take more than a year. But I'm even wondering in six months, man, because, you know, if you look at our current well, minus Brock. Let, let, let's rewind before the, the SmackDown uh, move to Fox. You looked at the current champions, at least when it came to Kofi, Becky, Seth. Those are the three people that won those titles at WrestleMania, correct? Yeah. Those are the three people that the majority, like the loud majority of fans, wanted to win those titles at WrestleMania, correct? Yeah, I'd say that's a fair assessment. I mean, I'm sure I would, there's some outlying Brock Lesnar fans, but yes. And I would also say that within, you know, the July, June, July, like, time frame, even throwing Becky on that list, those three people, the majority of fans sure seemed like they were tired of all three, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, Becky's kind of not on that list, but kind of is. But Kofi and Seth, a hundred percent. 
Like, I'm actually shocked at the, the dis, I don't want to say dislike, but I'm almost a little shocked at the reaction the Kofi lost got, the negative reaction, because I, I mean, I think if he would have just lost in a match that was longer than it was, that people would be like, all right, yeah, fuck Kofi. Cause the majority of people were tired of seeing him as champ. I think the way they booked it, like, changed that, which was probably why they did it, uh, to give them a little bit of credit. That might have been part of the reason they did it. They might have saw, hey, look, Kofi's, uh, losing a little bit of the steam heel he, here. He's a hot baby face at one point in time. If we just fuck him, then everyone's gonna, you know, turn back to him, which is exactly what happened, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, yeah. In hindsight, yes. <laughs> like, once I answered and then I thought about it, yeah, that's exactly what happened. They turned right back to him. Yep. So, I mean... I mean, he got dropped right back into the tag team division. Like, you know, nothing ever happened. But hey, whatever. Yeah, but I know I think there's a bigger story coming here, Mike, too. And I hope, I hope that the injury to Xavier Woods doesn't change that. But if you pay close attention, man, Kofi's been taking some L's. And they've been doing some subtle things, especially with the online exclusives. They're telling a story, Mike. And I think it's going to culminate in a in a heel turn for Kofi, which I think could be great. Because then once they turn him back babyface, he might be the most over babyface in the company. We'll see. We will see. But it's just one of those things, Mike, where, you know, I, I don't always understand the mindset of the vocal wrestling fan because I've said it numerous times on this show, man. If you ask for something and you keep asking, just like the example of being dying of thirst and needing water, getting water, and then complaining about what kind you get. Man, I've said it numerous times. If you're asking Vince McMahon for something, and Vince McMahon gives it to you, and then you shit all over what he gave to you, he's just going to stop giving you what you want and keep doing what he wants. That's 100% accurate, and every podcast I've ever heard confirms that. If he changes, if you change, if he changes for you, if he changes his plans to appease the fan base, and the fan base just continues to shit over each and every time, then there's zero point in him doing what they want, and he should just do the show the way he wants to. Um, isn't that basically what he's doing now, though? I mean, it's arguable, probably, but I'm just saying, with the examples that we have, you know, of the three champs we talked about, two of them are still the same. And, it, you know, the people, the fans, they are still trying to make something of it. I don't have anything to add to that. <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah, that was just so a, like so well put, and I was getting ready to add something to it, and then I was like, "Nah, man, that was, that was well spoken." Even while you were saying it, I was like, "Man, this is really well spoken." Yeah, yeah, I try, I try. I'm like, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, you know where we're going with this Wednesday Night War. It rages on. We're gonna talk about NXT. We're gonna talk about AEW. We're gonna. I guess try to compare and contrast. Maybe we won't hate on everything as much this week. I don't know. I haven't watched yet. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. 
I haven't watched it yet either. <laughs> I know, I did see one spoiler. And so we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that. So, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, sounds good. Hang tight. labor of love which mike and i discuss with you guys every single week and sometimes shit happens and mike is not able to be with us for this next part of the show when we usually break down the wednesday night wars but sometimes you gotta make chicken salad out of chicken shit so i am very pleased to introduce to you our very own uh, hold on let me cue up the theme music here Honestly, it's freaking so great to be back, and just to, <laughs> even, even, any any feel like capacity, anything, man. It's I, I, if I'm not talking real soon to you guys, I'm talking with my wife. So love it. And thank God you at least found a woman that you're not ashamed to talk about wrestling in front Facts, of. Facts, bro. You just don't not only find one to talk about it with that actually is carrying on their own like. Opinion on intelligence, it. yeah, dude. It's so great. Yes. Like, oh my god. <laughs> so, I, I mean, we've got a lot to get in in a short amount of time. I'm again thankful you could do this and help me out so it's not just me rambling like a madman to myself. <laughs> uh, so let's get into it. I know that you're not as I don't want to say entrenched, but. You're not as deep with AEW as Mike is. You're probably about uh, a level where I am. Uh, And I do want to at least compare and contrast this week. Uh, Let's start with just NXT. Because I think we can knock this one out of the park and we can do it quick. NXT is still, in my opinion, bell to bell opening music, which was poppy this week and that was fun, uh, to the closing credit scene. The best wrestling program on television, above all of them. Yeah, SmackDown, Raw, AEW, Dynamite, all of them. I think yeah, NXT is definitely head and shoulders. 
The in-ring's better. The the storytelling, in my opinion, is better. But they've been doing it in that in that world a little longer than AEW. And I like some of the things I saw on Dynamite, so yeah. don't get me wrong. I know I've kind of been slaying them for the last four or five weeks, and it's not intentional. I'm just I'm gonna be just as critical with them as everybody else is with WWE because in my opinion that's the only thing that's fair. Facts. So I just think NXT is just the better overall show. I think the roster, male and female, are both better on NXT. However, there's a light years of difference in the women on NXT. Oh my god, dude. It's not even close. And to me, that that is you have like you have stars on both of them that can easily headline whatever pay-per-views you're gonna do. Um, tag team singles, but when you go to the women's, it is you can get you can really go on even uh, Negan uh, or Tegan Knox and uh, Dakota Kai, uh, one ones that's been gone for a little bit, and and then going all the way to Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, uh, you know, even Bianca Belair hasn't been around very much. Who has poked her head around here in the last few episodes? That they're just so good. I mean. It, they, they, it's not even a, like, uh, it's men, to me it's not like men's and women's, like, okay, well, the big drop-off you usually would have, and, and being that, and being that where you have, it is just seriously, I mean, I mean, personally, Shannon Baszler and Io Shirai are my favorite, like, they are just so great, and Io is just developed in this massive heel role that I would never would have thought you would have said, hey, do this, she's not playing the foreign heel, where it's like, boo them, it's USA, and no, it's like she is just playing a, this amazing, crazy, psychotic heel role that is good, what it, I mean, really on par with like the likes of like how a, a Miz would play his heel role. You know what I mean? Like guys that really can have been in the business a long time and, and mastered certain types of it. Io has just by herself, not not needing a mouthpiece to go out there and do her work for her. Like, and I'm not going to say that Shinsuke can't do it himself, but they're putting Sammy out there. I think it's more or less that gives Sammy some shine as well, not to more or less help Shinsuke. But, like, Io is just out there doing her thing by herself, inside of the ring, outside, doesn't matter. Like, I mean, she's so great. Yeah, she's definitely shining. The whole NXT women's roster is shining. Uh, on that side of it, I think my f- I, I'm loving Rhea Ripley. I love yes. her submission finisher. It's insane. Uh, and I, I just think the quality of work in the ring doesn't even compare to AEW. And Mike and I have had this discussion, AJ. It, 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 it's, it's just night and day. I haven't seen a good women's match in AEW since they went to TV. I just haven't. It it just has not happened. And when you compare it to NXT, you almost kind of have to feel bad for AEW. It's not even, like, they have, I mean, they being the the internet uh, wrestling community, being so critical WWE and how great you know, AW is how bad WWE is. And it's just more of not having competition. So they blame WWE for being the end all be all. But the fact is they have the best coaches. They have the best talent and they know how to put a show together, man. It's just, it's, I think you know, personally, it's a lot of, if not all triple H in that sense, because what he's building down there, you know, you, you leave, 
some ephemeral leaves goes and and kills it for his first part when he's drafted and then he gets hurt and really never gets to go back to that but now he's back in NXT and just like his promo said like he's now takes his mask off and he's the hottest thing in wrestling right now it's like it's facts like they just everything that he has in that brand and it doesn't matter go from Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee over to Roderick Strong Velveteen and then now Rhea Ripley coming out with Shayna Baszler. Like, it's everything they're putting in here. Even that Cameron Grimes guy. Like, I was laughing at this guy. Mm-hmm. Like, a joke almost. And, like, he's come out and shined every week. And I thought this was anything that was serious. Like, not a big Damian Priest fan, but that match with him and Pete Dunne was freaking great. And it's, like, everything he, they do and every rivalry they put together. Any time put into any... Uh, any rivalry or anything is just freaking great. Yeah, it, and it, it the coaching aspect, the production coaching aspect, it just shows. It, it really does. And something I want to touch on too with NXT, even though they're technically not NXT stars, the Kabuki Warriors, uh, both of them, but for me specifically, Kairi Zayn, she was the most adorable, lovable face, and she has become, in my opinion, one of the best heel character workers on the roster. And that's something I never would have thought would have worked with her. Asuka, yes. Asuka's a great, Asuka's a better, way better heel. I just don't think as a person, you can't bring out somebody that's that much of a savage and make them like out there and like, nobody's ready and she smiled like when she was doing an nxt when she was like her catchphrase nobody's ready for oscar like you believed it when she was on the main roster and smiling and doing it's just like i mean i get what they're trying to do like with at that point in time like she's a badass and everybody loved her so they're like okay well since they love her let's make her a face you don't need that though like nxt is full of heels that get cheered for constantly and and, and the fiend he's a heel he's a fucking savage heel he's you know he's a monster in essence but it's like jason you just always kind of root for them to kill the the kids off and and terrorize them more than you root for somebody to kill him you know nxt is like that they have all these heels that come out and do some stuff that are like adam cole is i mean essentially he's kind of a face but he's not like the 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 undisputed era is not faces they're all heels and they get cheered so much and and nxt that's just kind of what it is like you bring over guys uh, that can do all this in in the ring and whatever, and, and heels and face only matter for rivalry standpoints because when uh, you know Oscar and Kyrie come out, they got the hugest freaking pop. Like you would have never thought they were going to do it. Like these other characters that they're build up, they just come off of injury and they've done this. Now they got this tag team title match on NXT, the first time the, the women's tag team titles have been since Sasha and Bailey said they were going to come and defend them on there. They haven't been. Now they're on there. And so, like, you're thinking, oh, this huge baby face, the crowd's going to cheer for them. What's the first thing they cheer? Asuka's going to kill you. And then Asuka's dancing in there all, like, ceremoniously. Like, it was just great. Like, and then Kyrie, like, I'm so surprised how well that she's playing over the heel. Like, like I said, extended a response of I knew Asuka could play a good heel, but to agree with you, like, Kyrie's killing it as a heel, like just so well. Yeah, yeah. I she's she's been 
a very pleasant surprise in that heel roll for me. And to give credit with the whole tag team match there, which then set something else up huge, just the attention to detail for, and I've heard other people say this, but I had the same thought, so I know I'm not wrong when I hear people actually in the industry speaking of it, but like the green mist to the face, uh, uh, Dakota Kai lays on her stomach, so it's hidden, she takes the elbow from Kyrie, and then when Kyrie flips her for the pin, she covers her north-south so that her body is covering the face so the referee doesn't see it until he's already counted three. Yep. I mean, it's little shit like that that sometimes gets overlooked on the, I hate saying main roster, but let me just say on Raw and SmackDown. Yeah. And this is the things that NXT knocks out of the park. And I, I loved every minute of it. I loved the pull apart afterwards that is leading to, AJ, the first ever women's war games. And I am so pumped for that match. Yeah. Well, really, and that's the extension of what we were just saying before. The production on there is just amazing. Like, they're making sure that you don't see the heelish tactics. Because, like, when you have guys with low blows, the ref can't see them. And, this is kind of like the women's version of a low blow. And it goes back to, I, it's paying homage to the great Muda. I love the mist to the face and like catching them off guard. The rest not looking. And then, like you said, the cover on there to make sure that they don't see the face till after. And, and then even with Asuka, would, like the few other times she'd done it, the green would be on her lips and her face a little bit. And then now she has the green face paint around her eyes and stuff. And so, like, it kind of, like, I thought that was a great. Because like people's like, well, you can see on Oscar's face. Well, not now, because now it looks like it's just part of her face paint. Like so, that you know what? I'm gonna give you a lot of props for that because that is a brilliant point that I never even picked up, and that is fantastic. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I think everything they're doing with that and having because like everybody was like, Paige is obviously still a face. I and when she came out there, I was like, they're turning on Paige. Yes, like this is they just keep piling on the positives of playing the heel on this and they come out and just they're talking in Chinese or they're talking in Japanese so like she has no idea what they're saying and you could tell like the look on her face like okay well and then they rip the mic out of her phone and start saying stuff and she's like what the hell and they just basically verbally and mystically pun intended beat her down with the mist of the face because obviously she's got the neck injury she can't really have physical contact but man like I just feel like they're just doing such a great job with those two yeah, I agree, and I'm excited for this historical, I guess, to use the term, it has to uh, be. War Games match. Yeah. And, and then, you know, to finish up with NXT, man, uh, we also got a killer promo from Finn Balor. Oh, man. Very Prince Devitt-esque. Yes. I loved every part of it. And some people were critical of him kind of, I guess, tossing Bray Wyatt and the Fiend under the bus. No way! But, you know, that was man. great! That's part of breaking, like, making kayfabe be, like, blurred, but without really breaking the rules of it. Like, no, that's great. Like, he's saying, like, okay, you want to toss me under the bus and make, like, I'm not anything? Well, guess what? Oh, I, I, they put his mask on, and he's the biggest star in the company. Well, I take mine off, and now I'm the biggest star. I'm like, I love that. Like, he is straight, like, blurring the lines, but not crossing them. And really just coming out of that that smiling Finn Balor is happy. Care. I love the heel Balor. Like you said, it is, seems like Prince Devitt like, to a T. But I, I just love it. Like Everything about that promo was just, like, it gave me chills. It, it gave me as much chills as when he stepped out there. 
and said Finn Bowers NXT, and then as much chills as if when he got a bicycle kick to Johnny Gargano, and then dropped him on there with a 1916, and then just come out and cut the promo. Every time he's come out on NXT has been money, and I just love it. It's everything about what they're doing and with who they're doing it with, and I know that hasn't really talked about it much, and you're going to kind of end the NXT, but before we do, man, I really hope we get the some type of finish with the Dominic Dijakovic and Keith Lee for some title or something, because those guys are seriously the best big men right now in the business is what they can do uh, with each other because being so big, but just like the high spots and the, but not overdoing it and the working the suplex to try to get it up and then trying like just, Oh my God. Like I just, I, I honestly was hoping when the music hit, when it was those, when it was Keith Lee um, in the ring with uh, Matt Riddle, I was so hoping it was going to be Dominic Dijakovic come out. Just because it'd be cool to like see those guys. All right, look, yeah, we are in it. Bitter, you know, we are rivals, but we're not bitter enemies. These guys, we can fight against, and then we'll come back and finish what we have going. So I hope maybe. I mean, I figure well, the fourth guy is going to be our Gargano, but I'm so tired of him. I just, I don't know. I just, no, I'm probably not if, the popular if view doing, of that. If, if we're doing a, a men's war games. Uh, this is how I see it right now because we have the the women's war games, which is. Uh, Team Kick, Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai, uh, Candice LeRae and Rhea Ripley, and then an unknown fifth member because the other side is Shayna Baszler, uh, the other the horsewoman, other horsewoman, uh, Jess Madukman and Maria Shafar, and uh, Bianca Blair. Which I like that. And I, I like Sh- that and Io Shirai. So I was they have, like, why they are they helping five. her? I'm like, why are they helping her? And it's not like it's helping them. They're, t- they're like, oh, they're all at the title picture, and they all want a part of it. And I'm like, okay, I can I can kind of dig that. Like, they don't want them to steal a spotlight as much as they don't want them to hurt Shayna. Like, because I love Shayna. Like, that's my, like, Io is right there. But, like, Shayna's my girl. Like, I love watching her just dominate and then with having the division doing so well and her still dominating it's not like she's squashing the other talent in my opinion like she's just so good and the other ones are keeping up but it's like they're just not on her level yet and i'm just i don't know just added like a side note like i'm glad that they don't really need to worry about putting them up on the other roster now they can just keep them here and just kind of keep molding and keep growing and but like i'm really I don't know. Who, who do you think's going to be? like? Well, I, with the women, I don't know. You could throw Mia Yim in there. You could oh, yeah, that's right. Storm I love Mia Yim. I love me some Mia Yim. Um, I, and I, it'll be... I, either way, it'll be a good fit I, with the options that they have available. Uh, on the men's side, so if we're talking War Games, you have the females match, uh, War Games match. I believe you'll have a Gargano Balor match, just a one-on-one blood feud, and then for the men's, if we do a men's war game, which I have to assume we will, well, we're yeah, gonna have especially the entire when he said era. he did say he was like, ah, sorry, sorry, Daddy's going to war, and that was basically saying, yeah, so we're doing war games as well. So, anyway, sorry, go ahead. So I would say you have the undisputed era in war games: Cole, uh, Strong, O'Reilly. And Fish against Lee, Riddle, um, Champa, and probably Dijak. Dude, I would love it. I and honestly, I when it first came out, I hate like I was just like feast your eyes. I'm like, ugh. But when I seen him wrestle, I'm like, okay, I understand that. I get that now. Like you're definitely 
worthy of that uh, catchphrase for sure. Because sometimes it's just like... I I think you might actually see coming out of this, AJ, a odd pairing like Seamus Cesaro-esque tag team with Lee and Dijin. Yeah. Because there's no really opposition that we haven't already seen against the Undisputed Era, against uh, Fish and O'Reilly. So I, I think that might be an option they go with. I, I mean, it's just me spitballing. It's just what I see. Yeah, well, that's what... It's because I forgot because Finn Balor wasn't a part of that when they did it. And unless they add Finn Balor to that because they're hinting like he may do the Undisputed Era, but I just don't think he does. But, like, if nah, it's just... because then they'd have to add another person... To the men's side, right? But so they two. Well, if they so. did, it would be just Dijak and Johnny. But I just think you do your Johnny and and Finn because he did specifically talk about Johnny. So I feel like that's definitely going to be a singles match because at first I didn't really catch that, but you mentioned specifically that, and I was like, yeah, that's right. Actually, he was going out for him. So it had, dude. It would just like what better flow would that be like okay like who is our other guy like we don't have anybody that can help even if they just tease it like they bring a guy out and then they get jumped each week they get their ass kicked and like who is it gonna like who's gonna help and then Dijak comes out and they're like oh shit like that's right like these two go to war together come out and they would be some hell because at first I was like oh wow Riddle and and Keith Lee that's a that's a good pairing and plus you keep them both strong but like the better pairing is the guys that are the best rivals, like the have the best matches together than Dijak and Keith Lee. Those guys would kill it on there. And nobody, I mean, you could really argue like they would be unstoppable for a while. And I would totally love to dig that. You know what I mean? Like that would be something that would be nice. Yeah, no, co- uh, completely agree. So let's transition into the AEW side of this. Uh, and, and I know you're a little looser on this. You're not quite as dowed in. I will say, did you did you get to John Moxley's promo this week? Yeah, actually, I, that's pretty much the last part that I got full the full um, program of because I got into halfway through uh, the title match, the tag title match for the main event, and then that's when you called, and I I didn't get to finish that, but I did get the. The, the Moxley slash Dean Ambrose promo. I about called him Dean Ambrose. Yeah, it's hard. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, actually, of this episode, my favorite parts were, were the opening where we saw what happened last week and we saw the conversation with Dean Ambrose and Tony Khan in the back. And then we swing it back to this promo that Moxley cuts. I really, like, if this is what we're going to get, I'm all for it. I'm like that version of him on the mic. Um, I still think he has a tendency to be cornball-y sometimes, which is funny because he doesn't claim to like that shit, and that's why he left WWE. Yeah, I know, that's... (laughs) But he does cornball shit, though. (laughs) But, you know, I like it. You know, again, I said... You know, every Moxley promo I saw before this, like when he was in CZW, was basically a Dean Ambrose promo with swear words put into it, yeah. which is kind of what this was, but he had a lot more intensity, and I, I just thought it came off very, very good. I enjoyed it, and I'm all for this version. Now, uh, to be critical of the show, as I tend to do, dude, I just want to get your opinion, because Mike and I have talked, 
This show, they have a lot of tag matches on this show, which is fine. I enjoy tag team wrestling. Especially good they tag team wrestling. Special, they, they, yes, and they want this to be their specialty. And this <sighs> is the show to crown their first ever tag team champions, which congrats to SCU. But, dude, I don't like their tag team wrestling. I am not. To say I'm not impressed might come off as rubbish because I don't want it to seem like uh, think that they put out crap shows and stuff because they kind of do, but I just you, you hang your hat on tag team wrestling. That should be the end all be all. What yeah, you that's your main event right there. They're crowning the tag team champions, and that most of their shows have main evented in either trip in your uh, you know six man tags or tag team matches. Each one I think has. Um, Man, though, like, and, and this was maybe their better one. I like the one that were the Bucks and Omega against, uh, uh, what was it, LAX and, um, whoever six was. Uh, and then, and then Kenny got taken out by, uh, Moxley. And it was, I mean, because the Bucks are just great. They're, they really are. Like, and, and they need to be on the forefront of that to take them out so early and then, let other people shine. Again, I, we talked about before, you want to put over other talent. But I feel like that you have to really solidify them as the top guys, having them as the champions, and then have somebody take them out. Otherwise, the people that don't know them, they're just another uh, guys that are just there and losing. Because, like, who, who's the one tag team that is the best friends that hadn't won a match yet or something like that? And then, like... I mean, there and there's other ones that come in that's been really good, or or just come off they're trying way too hard and just doing nothing but high spots to try to get crowd reactions. But the main the, the fact of it is they just the flow of it wasn't good. But like the crowd, I think more than anything, they need to really raise to raise their hats to the crowd. The crowd is like the best part of the show, and and I hate to say that. But, like, them being, like, the crowd's pops are just, they, they get into it. Like, I'll get that. That's the one thing that, like, WCW that missed out on and not having a good crowd reaction. This is one thing they do have. They have a great following. They're, they're, they're you know, universe or however we want to call them. But the, the fans of AEW are their biggest attraction because every show, they're loud. They interact. And, 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 and sometimes they get stuff, like, the, they get the wrestlers to pander to them is some of the better part of it. But when it comes to the actual tag team wrestling part, it's kind of a letdown, man. It's like, you know, it's like seeing guys from like NXT, like that are really good in tag team go to SmackDown or Raw and then not get the shine and stuff. They were there. It's like, you know, they're really good, or at least they're told that they're really good being the AW saying that's what they're going to hang their hat on. And then they come out and it's kind of flat. And well, it, it's flat for me because they have n- essentially no rules to their tag match that makes the referees look ridiculous. Incompetent. They're only there to count well, completely. They're the not even tagging. They're yeah, they're not like that's the one thing I will give WWE so much credit for and their talent for because they're always whenever tags are made, they're holding that rope. They're on the other side of it. And then the referees, if they don't see that shit, they go back like, no, dude, you have to tag in the right way. The referees are on it. But when in AEW, it's almost like the ref, like they don't even, like, they're like, look, if you're not sure, just let it go. I feel like that's what they're being told because there's times when they don't look sure at all. And they're just like, I mean, the last week or week before, they got a tag in. The guy wasn't even like, 
she wasn't even on the apron or anything and like didn't t- i'm like mm-hmm. you're making this seem like you guys don't know what you're doing and that's not good like you whoever is in charge of the officiating need it really can help make this at least seem like legit because you can go out there and be like look Next week, make sure you make it a point to see somebody doing a tag wrong and then the referee correcting them. So that way it looks like the referees are competent. Or even come out and say, like, look, we we did it like this, but now we're going to be a little more strict to make sure that's being done right. Like, I, I feel like if you don't acknowledge it and ignore it, it's just as bad as what you're saying you're going against. And if you don't want to, like, put your other competition bound by words, put them down by uh, performance. And if they're not doing the correct tag-ins and the referees don't know what's going on just say that it's 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 a tornado match and they don't have to tag in just say it's the rules don't apply in tag it's just something to make it not seem so incompetent because man i would love some good tag team wrestling and just go out there and do it but like fix it because if that's what you're gonna hang your hat on let's make sure that it's something that is worth like being like okay well that's good i like i can dig that you know that's something maybe everything else isn't working but man their tag team wrestling is legit but it's just not like i don't know maybe i'm being too critical but no well here here i'll just leave it with this aj you can't claim as the young bucks do to be the best tag team in the world have the best tag division in the world if you don't adhere to the rules that 99% of other wrestling companies use for their tag teams. I mean, throw WWE out of it. Ring of Honor does it. New Japan does it. Even Impact. So, like, let's make sure that we're... I don't know. Just make sure we're doing the things right. Because I, I would... I There's... Honestly, what got me back... What really got me sold on NXT was the just... Flat out balls to the wall tag team wrestling, American Alpha Revival DIY um, AOP guys that went out there and just went to war, and but did it while adhering to the rules. And like to me, that's what helped put NXT on the forefront. And if you want to do the same, competing against other top brands, i.e., WWE, you got to make sure that. If you're going to do, I feel like it has to be done through tag team wrestling. Honestly, like I think that's the, the formula that, that uh, Triple H kind of put together was like, look, you're going to have singles guys that go out there and, and sell your tickets and your, your Finn Balor's and your Velveteen Dream, you know, those guys that go out there and win the singles titles. But I feel like the way to put, keep the butt, the guy, that, how you get the butts in the seats is the singles competitors. How you keep them in the seats is the tag team. And so, if you want the tag team to be the forefront, then let's get that formula in there and keep it and, and, and adhere to it and show them that, hey, look, this other stuff might not be working, but, man, our tag team vision kicks ass. And they do so by doing the same stuff and adhering to the same rules as everybody else. Yeah, no, I'm totally on board. Uh, and I know we talked, we already kind of spoke about the women. That match did nothing for me. It was a snooze fest. It was... I don't want to bash on them, so I'm just going to move on. Uh, I, I, I liked what they were trying to do with the Cody Jericho stuff. The production on the... I don't know if it was the production on the limo thing. I, that whole limo like ride was very cringeworthy. 
I don't know if you made it through the whole thing, but Cody and Tony Schiavone riding this limo, the awkward camera angle, the awkwardness between Tony and Cody, like, I felt it. Maybe it was just me. I go on there, and I'll Google AW Dynamite highlights, and it'll just give, like, a couple seconds at a time, so it wasn't really cringeworthy what I seen. Um, it wasn't like, cause then maybe that, that took out the awkward pauses and stuff. It was like, I've got thing I, it was things like, I, a, things I caught was like Shivani saying, well, I'm not your wrestling manager or anything, but you know, uh, champions. Uh, and then Cody's like, make them wait. He's like, yep, make them wait, make them wait, you know, go. And like, I mean, this, this was a segment, AJ. It was like a, I would say I'm bad with judging time on wrestling shows, but I would say it was anywhere from a two and a half to five minute segment of them talking in this Ah, limo. It was awkward AF. (laughs) I mean, out of all the guys they have, I feel like um, I'm totally cool with... Because I feel like that they're building Cody to take the title. Um, And and I feel like they're having to take the title from the right guy. Like, Jericho's just so... He's money, man. Like, he can... I go out there and he can trash WWE and say all these things and, and, and contradict a lot of stuff, like, with the, the... The... The writing was shit, but he was doing it everywhere with J, uh, Jake Hager and all his, like, We the People stuff and from WWE, but, like... But the point is, like, Jericho knows how to rub people the wrong way and do it the right way like and he's they're in they're in charleston mm-hmm. west virginia he's like you bunch of stupid hillbillies just shut it's like this simple stuff like that is just so funny because jericho is so great at it he's such a great smart ass and i feel like having him being the guy that you're gonna because like every i guess what i'm getting to is like with kenny omega not take getting really a win except for this past week like this singles bouts he has not he's been dropping l's left and right the bucks have been dropping l's left and right but like cody they've been putting him over massively like he's not losing at all and looking good doing it and even when he got the chair shot from spears and cut bladed on the wrong side which was kind of funny but um i feel like with that all that being on there, I feel like what they're doing with Cody's working. It's just the in between time is just like when it's not wrestling, Cody's kind of awkward. Like he's not he's not the greatest. Like he does good on being the elite. Like I think on being the elite, like because maybe he's not so much, and it's their production maybe. So they and they can go off the rails a little bit. It's not TV stuff. Uh, they're more a little TV thirteen um, than w, they are TV thirteen. WWE's not, but like even though, like you said, like. The whole contract signing was just, I don't know. I loved everything Jericho was doing, but outside of that, it was just kind of, I was, like, I'm trying. I really am. I'm really trying to, like, get into, it's, to me, it's not about, like, oh, God, they're just not as good as WWE. I want to have two good wrestling shows you can just go look at and watch, and, and as far as what's going on, I won't skip out on NXT any week, because, I was I was already keeping up with NXT pretty regular. Even if I didn't watch it on Wednesday, I'd watch it Thursday or Friday. But now that it's on TV and it's two hours, and they're putting like you're seeing guys a little bit more, I think, as opposed to you'd see like Adam Cole like once every three weeks because it's only one hour show, and they kind of they did a good job of spreading it out and not making you tired of the same people over and over again. But and now like even that it's two just it's two hours they're still not rubbing the same guys in your face the whole time. So I think they're doing a great job of spreading that out where 
I'm just surprised, I guess, like, the AEW is really putting over, like, they're, they're making their biggest stars take all the L's. And, like, if you're not, if you didn't watch New Japan and you don't watch Being the Elite, you're like, man, these guys are just losing constantly. So maybe they're building something that you want to see a comeback to them. But the guys that do, like, or are hardcore or do at least know who the Bucks and Omega are, you're just like, it's not, like, doing that for you. You're more like, what are they doing? You know, it's 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 hard for me to watch a, a quote-unquote slow build if that's what they're trying to do to get them to be the underdogs because I know they're way better than everybody else. And Yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, it's just it's just really hard to understand what that's doing, I guess. Yeah, let's uh let's wrap this up because I know we're tight on time, AJ, and I do want to touch on a few things that happened. Okay. Um NXT to me is just yes, it's always gonna get my attention first. I'm still gonna watch AEW. I want them to do well yeah, definitely. Uh, for the wrestling business, if nothing else. And just to make competition healthy and make both shows better. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but NXT won this week out for me by a mile, even though I think in last year, last week when Mike and I started talking, I had said that the episode of AEW Dynamite was my favorite. And after we talked about it, I was like, you know what? It's my least favorite. It completely flopped. Yeah. This week, even though we didn't go deep into it, I have to say this was my favorite episode of the show. It held my attention the most of all the shows I've watched uh, uh from AEW. But right. still... NXT for me is just, it's the more important thing, the thing that I'm into more, because biased or not, it's my favorite wrestling on TV. Yep. AJ, we are recording on Friday. This will come out tomorrow, Saturday. So when you listen to this, unless you're a night owl, when you listen to this, uh, uh, no, still if you're a night owl, SmackDown will already happen. You'll, you'll, you'll know where... Everything fell, but Crown Jewel was on Thursday, and <laughs> they're having issues getting back. Uh, it's not been clarified. Uh, when it first came out, it was stated almost like they were being held hostage. I know, like, uh, it's it crazy. More, <laughs> it seems more like there was actually uh, some issue with the plane They had itself. mechanical issues and, or something. And they had to get another plane, and it wasn't going to be here for hours. So it's sounding like even some of the people who left early to try to make it are still not going to be back for SmackDown. So I don't think we're going to see Bray. I don't think we're going to see uh, Roman, you know, some of the things that were advertised, Roman Corbin. Uh, so actually, this could be a really interesting episode of SmackDown to check out to see how they do this. And we do have Survivor Series kind of... In the background, where we're gonna get NXT versus Raw oh SmackDown, God, so I don't I'm so know. Excited. I'm just saying, I'm not making promises. I'm just throwing stuff out there. They could definitely have things they have up their sleeves that they could throw on the table. We'll see what happens. Well, they that did said, say there are man, surprises and check, and they said that before any issues happened. So it's not like they're covering up their the the slop, you know, with something else. I feel like. I've been, you know, there's been chatter of certain someone showing up or stuff like that. So I'm excited about seeing what actually happens. Yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll see how it all uh, kind of shakes out. AJ, the the big takeaway from Crown Jewel, man, I, I, I watched some of it. I was at work, so I couldn't be tuned in, tuned in. But it almost sounds like fans actually 
enjoyed this one a lot more than the other Saudi shows. Uh, the the spectacle matches were a little different than what we're used to because we didn't have like old legends that maybe shouldn't be in the ring. No, instead um, they have boxers and guys from USC that shouldn't be in the ring. Because uh, I did watch it all. I, I well, me, and, me and the wife watched I, it all last night. I yeah. actually. I thought Tyson Fury, for someone who has zero training in a wrestling ring, like for any a length of time, actually did a pretty decent job. It was cringeworthy for me. What they were, I I don't know what they were going for with Kane Velasquez, um, unless they just wanted the big. This is my opinion. They wanted the name for the big pop on the debut episode of Fox. They were signing into a contract, so they figured, look, let's just do this, get this guy a payday, and then get him some more training. Yeah, because he's, he's getting surgery get now. Like his, like after that, they said he had surgery coming up anyway. So I, I think they just didn't want to do anything risky, make it like a shoot match, yeah. you know? Because like there was, if you noticed, um, they, when they had, went in the corner, there was no normal like five count to get him away. You know, it was like they, it was like an octagon. Like they let him go over, pin him in the corner, do some stuff, and and I wasn't like honestly. I wasn't even super mad about that one, like at all. Like I, I've, no, I've heard neither, some people being critical about it, but I'm like, it's kind of, kind of. I mean, they did, they did kind of contradict the way of like he's a striker, but he lost by doing the striking a little bit more, more so. But I think more of it was a lack of what you can, what you can sell this as is a lack of wrestling talent. Like he wasn't aware of his surroundings as much because he was. Not he's not a wrestler. Brock can do both, and Brock wrestles more so than UFC. So he obviously looked way stronger. But you can still train him in the back end, let him come back, get another shot, and let him build him up like they did Ronda. Let him fight some smaller fights and beat the brakes off some people, and then go back and give a shot at it. Because I think they did that perfect with Ronda. But like the the Tyson Fury one, I feel like that they just should have played to his strengths let him box him a little bit let him throw a bunch of like they they had him do more chain wrestling than i'm than i was okay with because you could just see brock braun's not a guy that can carry somebody in a match you're kind of limited putting him in there with braun but you could see braun like when he was trying to like do a springboard back up to his feet braun lifted him up and i mean that's how it goes but it's not supposed to be that obvious it just to me tyson in general Everything he does, I was just so it was so hard for me to like to watch and be and be invested in like uh, believable for me because he's just he was just a guy like he just seemed like a fan that just wanted to get involved. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with them booking that. I just feel like they could have booked it differently, and it was I don't know. There's something about him like he's. It, He's even confusing because, like, he come out there dressed all in the Saudi gear, like he's the face to this. I guess <laughs> I don't know. Like, the whole thing was just confusing to me. And but for the most part, I yeah, I enjoyed it. Like, honestly, I didn't think I'd like the the five v five Flair versus Hogan, Team Hogan versus Team Flair. I didn't think I'd like that. That was actually really good. And honestly, the best mm-hmm. part of it, it was like a build for Rusev and Lashley. Like the whole Rusev intensity. The whole time building up until the final show, it, it was really good. Like, the, honestly, match of the night, Mansoor versus Cesaro. Fucking amazing match, dude. That kid, they need to give him more time and stuff because he was selling well. Cesaro's great. I mean, Cesaro helped put him over, obvious. That's why they had Cesaro in there. But, like, this kid was, like, like playing off the crowd's emotions and his emotions and then, like, the reversals and the mood. Like, I was impressed because the last time that he we seen him 
in the only other time, he's had one TV match besides that. The last time we've seen him, he wins the the, the greatest battle royal or whatever. Well, I seen him on NXT after that, and he got squashed. Um, and then I see, and then and then he played, and then he went back here, bro. I'm telling you, if you haven't seen that match, you, that's the match you need to go watch. It was really freaking good. I was really impressed. Me and my wife was like, ah, wow, like it's really. We knew he was gonna win. Obviously, he's he's from Riyadh, and and he's who. They, honestly, that's probably who they come to pay to see. It's it's a guy from Saudi. He's you know, Saudi born, right there in Riyadh, and and being the. He was really good working the promo even after, like his pauses, letting the crowd get in their cheers, talking, you know, Arabic and and really getting good reactions. But the match itself was just so impressive. And I mean, it's half of that. You Everybody that knows wrestling knows that that was, you know, at least half Cesaro, but half Cesaro is amazing. Like any of us that know Cesaro knows he should get more time. Guy's great. But, like, man, I'm telling you what, that Monsoor kid and him worked so great together. It was really freaking good. Yeah, I did see that one, and I agree with everything you said. The big takeaway, though, I mean, we had historical first women's match in Saudi Arabia. Uh, uh, regardless of how you feel about this whole deal, this situation, regardless of, I don't want to say regardless of how this travel situation ends up, because we need to know what's really going right. on. But that being said, for the time being, as of this recording, that moment meant a lot to both of those women and to the people, the people, not the, not the crown, to the citizens of Saudi Arabia. That meant a lot. And I think that's important to clarify. But the biggest takeaway, AJ, we have a brand new wow. universal champion and none other than the fiend, Bray Wyatt. Holy shit. And honestly, I'm so stoked. Like, what are they going to, like, we have a Universal Champion and a WWE Champion both on SmackDown. And this is what really threw people because you're going into this like, they're okay, this is another one of those things he's not going to win. He's on the other brand. There's no way he's going to win. And he comes out and and it doesn't. It didn't make Seth look weak. Like, I don't like how they make Seth. They turned Seth into Roman Reigns where he was doing the same power moves over and over. They could have. Seth's just a tactical wrestler and such a good technical wrestler that he could have done like a couple of high spots, and then his finisher. And then that didn't work. So do a couple more high spots, and then a finisher again. But he just kept repeating that, and that's where you're getting the booze from. That's all. It's not like they don't like Seth, but he's putting him, back him in this corner, making him repeat the same mistakes they did with Roman, thinking that, well, the crowd already loves him, so they won't turn wrong. They will turn. They did again. And this isn't a Saudi crowd that just doesn't care. we just glad you guys are here, but they... You can tell the Saudi crowds are more invested because they're giving the let's go Roman, Roman sucks chance. And they were doing that with all the matches where before they were just like, well, we don't care. We're just cheering for whoever. So it's like these guys are a little bit more educated on it. And and to see him repeat the same mistakes that happened in Hell in a Cell was kind of like mind-boggling. But as far as the match itself inside of that, like it was really good. Like... Him, the, the way the finish went, I liked. Um, I don't know. Everything I liked. I, I really just... Bray Wyatt won, so I have no complaints. Because there's no way that you he loses that match and you have anybody happy. Because I think if he loses that match, it turns every, everybody around. Like, oh, that, that, that whole pay-per-view sucked. Well, the pay-per-view, it was pretty good. But because Bray won, that, and that pay-per-view was great. You know, 
that glorified house show was great. Whatever you want to say, but like, I, I'm, I'm honestly that just makes me more intrigued on. Okay, is now Bray Wyatt the person to be named later because of Nikki and Alexa being traded? You know, do they say like, well, you have our title, we kind of need to give him, get him now? Like, I, that's, I'm just intrigued yeah. to see what they do. Yeah, it's interesting. I I would have assumed that this was going to be at least addressed somewhat in the Miz TV segment with Bray Wyatt, which I'm not quite sure we're going to get unless it's a pre-tape. Or, or a satellite um, doing I mean, maybe. Is there. Miz is there, so if it was going to be a pre-tape and they already have it done, then it's still possible, which could be interesting. I don't know, man. I, I know we did the Alexa Bliss Nikki Cross trade for future consideration. I think that's a pretty big future consideration. Hey, our <laughs> title belt's over there. We want the Fiend back. So yeah. I honestly think that's what it's going to end up. Yeah. I could be completely wrong. Uh, but it's interesting, man. I thought it was a good show. I'm interested in seeing the Fiend character as a champion. I'm interested to see if the same thing happens to Bray and the Fiend that has seemed to happen to everyone else that the people have wanted to be champion and that he'll just get turned on in a month or two and people hate him. So I don't know. It's an interesting thing. I just think with Bray, though, I think that they do that with knowing, like, okay, we, this is a, crea- a character you created. You have, like, planted seeds for, like, three years for this character. And you have mm-hmm. you've done the segments have been Bray doing the Firefly Funhouse. It's not stuff that they're putting Vince is putting together, Kevin Dunn's putting together. This is stuff that they've given him creative control over. So I think they're all they might even be like looking at him like, okay, you're the champion. What do you want to do? And then if they like it, okay, do it. You know, because right now you're killing everything. They're like, if they, as long as they don't like jump over and take over the reins. And then, like, okay, now we're going to take over from here. As long as they don't do that, I think he could be... Because uh, I think you have to let this... He's got to be champion for the next year, right? I I would think at least till Mania. Got to be. At least till Mania. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It's definitely piqued my interest. I can't wait to... I can't wait to watch SmackDown tonight. And, I mean, it'll already happen when you guys hear this. But I'm excited... Uh, do you have anything else you want to add for these fine, fine people? That's what I always ask Mike at the end of the show, AJ. Uh, you know, no. Um, actually, I've got. I was hoping to get in a lot of what I was wanting to talk about, and I was actually pretty surprised we got in pretty much all what I was uh, wanting to jump in on. So I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm just uh, hopefully by the time this has been listened to, that we've seen SmackDown and we're pleasantly pleased. I. You know, I did see that, I will add, I guess, I know that they, like, a while back, they said they signed Johnny Nitro, Johnny Mundo, Johnny, whatever name they're going to give, and, and then Edge got <laughs> clear to come back. I'm wondering when we might see them, you know? Um, Edge has Edge has denied, uh, denied that clearance. Of course, that's the wrestling thing to do, so who knows? Right. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see Mundo at some point in time. Hey, maybe on SmackDown. <laughs> hey, might be a good time because if they really are having all those people, because I heard or just, you know things you read on there and watching in, in different YouTube videos and stuff that follows insiders and whatnot, like the guys that obviously if they did have a plan come out with guys making it back, it's pro- at least the guys that they have planned for most of their stuff. So hopefully. 
that that doesn't cut that off and we don't miss out on the stuff they've been advertising. But if so, I honestly, I think adversity sometimes plays a good part in wrestling. Like, well, you know, like Ali losing his shot, being that whole taken over baby face and then look what we got with Kofi so maybe it's something like that so that's what I'm looking forward to besides that yeah that, we, yeah, we will see man we will see uh, guys before we sign off and I give you my official AJ thanks for stopping in thanks for having and me bud and you are welcome any anytime and I say it every week it's been real it's been fun we will catch you next time Peace. New episodes of Drive By drop every Saturday on iTunes, Spotify, and the iHeartRadio app. Subscribe and make sure you never miss a single one. And keep the conversation going on Facebook at Drive By Pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. This has been a presentation of the Near Fall Network.